I'm excited for today. I've been looking forward to it for a while. We have a special question and answer time. We've been going through this series on gifted, understanding the gifts of the Spirit, how they operate, um, how God has gifted His church uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and how we have received these gifts as to how the Spirit has determined for us to receive them. And as we walk in that, there can be a lot of questions along the way. So we've captured some of those questions, and today we're going to begin to answer them. And so to help me do that, I want to just welcome a few of our pastors onto the platform. Pastor Paul, our pastor of student ministry, is going to be facilitating our questions. Pastor Marsha, our family life pastor, is going to be coming to share as well. And Pastor Bobby, our discipleship pastor, is coming. Come on, let's welcome them as they come, and we're going to jump right in. Okay, church? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Um, and welcome again to God's living room. Uh, I think this is going to be, I know this is going to be a really, really amazing time um, together and diving into a few of these questions. I hope you brought um, something to take notes with because what our pastors are getting ready to pour out is, is just going to be really, really um, phenomenal to, to walk away with and continue, continue to dive into. So, uh, let's start off with our first, our very first question here. Um, we're going to split this up into two parts. Um, the first question is, how do I discover and develop my spiritual gifts? And uh, we want to start off with just kind of talking about how do I discover my spiritual gifts? Pastor Marshall, would you kick us off on that? Sure. Good morning, family. Um, you know, the scripture, it instructs us to seek the gifts earnestly, to seek the gifts. And so what that speaks of is a life of prayer a life of seeking after the Lord and seeking very specifically, Lord, what is my gifting? What are the gifts that you've put in me? And that's not a, a one-minute prayer. That, that's a constant, like, Lord, this pounding prayer of, God, show me what you have because I want to be a gift to the body. So I want to seek your heart, God. And so really the first step in, in, in learning your gifts is to seek the Lord and ask him what is the giftings that he's equipped you with. He might surprise you with some of the things he's put in you. Yeah, I think that's great, even with seeking the Lord. One of the things that can always needs to be put into the right perspective is that we're always seeking the giver, not just the gift. We're always seeking him. And if we seek him, he gives us everything we would need. Uh, we, we get this clear picture of that in uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. that seek first what? The kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added to you. But also as we seek him, we seek him like our father in heaven, who he is. And he knows how to give good gifts. He says if he knows how to give good gifts, if you ask him, how much more will he give you the Holy Spirit? So always just seeking his, his face, not just his hands, we say that, but seeking him, not just the gifts that he gives, is so vitally important. And, um, and, and it's through those experiences with God, I find, that you can really discover what your spiritual gifts might be. You might spend time reflecting back on your life, on your own experiences, times you've had in God's presence, times you've had in ministry, and you could start to recognize some common threads. Those might be areas that the Holy Spirit has gifted you um, to step out, to speak, to do something in particular. It's why I think it's so important to journal as you spend time with God each day. Think about it. As you're journaling, you're recalling your experiences, and if you would end up looking back through them, you could see some of the common threads of what God's been doing and how the Holy Spirit might be speaking through you, prompting you, using you in ways that maybe you didn't even know or imagine beforehand. So I think it's prayer. I think it's experiences with God as well. Yeah, I think when we're developing our 
and talking about developing our spiritual gifts, one of the biggest things is that we develop them through practice. And so the spiritual gifts are, are meant to be used, and every single one of them has a goal. So if you have the gift of healing, it's so that people would be healed. If, if it's about prophecy, then it's so that the word of God would go forth to the congregation. And what does Paul say in Romans chapter 12? He says, and since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us each exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. If service in serving, and the one who teaches in his teaching, and exhorts in exhortation, he just keeps going on. So if you've been given a gift, the best way to develop it is to actually use it because God, the gifts that God gave you are meant to flow through you and to benefit the body. That's good. I think also another place that you can learn about them more is in small group environments. We've touched on this a lot as I've been studying for these different uh, messages in this series, I'm continually going back thinking, what is the church in Ephesus? How are they engaging with this? What is what are, what are those that are receiving the, the, the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans? And what about Corinth? These are house churches. These are not churches that look like evangel church. They're much smaller in nature. They're much more tight-knit. And so for us, we have the large experience on Sunday, but we always encourage you, be a part of a small group. And I believe that we can see in the midst of that, in engaging with one another, connecting life to life, really journeying together, that you could start to discover what your spiritual gifts are. Yeah, and we, we kind of have to move on to the next question. But before we do, would you give us just 30 seconds on your thoughts on spiritual gift inventory? Spiritual gift inventory. So has anyone ever seen show of hands like you could take a test and tells you what your spiritual gifts might be? Anyone know what I'm talking about? So we've gotten some questions. Are, are those good? Do they work? Um, the question is, uh, sometimes they work. Uh, the answer is it's, it's sometimes yes and no. Uh, sometimes they can be flawed because they're asking you, uh, they're subjective to whatever your feelings are in the moment, whatever your thoughts are. I, I prefer ones that go back and ask you about your previous experiences and ask you, has this happened, has that happened, to help you determine what those gifts might be. Um, but some of them can be based on your own feelings, your own personality. So what you might get at the end when it's called a spiritual gifts inventory, you might get a, a really a list of the natural giftings that you have. So it's always a little bit subjective when you think about how to approach them. I don't think it's bad to take one, but ultimately I think prayer, your experiences, those things should fall first, and those kind of assessments are, are kind of secondary as you're discerning and discovering what God's will is and what his gifts might be that he's given to you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so we're going to move on to the second part of this question. How do I develop my spiritual gifts? And this kind of boils down to how do I develop myself to, to better be used in the yeah. gifts? Pastor Bobby, start us off on this one. Yeah, I think, I think one of the first things that we have to realize when we're talking about this is that God has given us these gifts because he loves us. And let me just draw for you just a really brief picture here. So what we have here is, is God who is here and then what he does is he pours out his gifts on the body and so I draw a square because you know you have this lovely chart here that has all these squares of the gifts and whatever one you want to insert in there here is you and nice little stick figure here and then what happens is God he who is perfect gives good gifts that's what the Bible tells us in 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 in, in uh, Matthew and he says you know you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more does your heavenly father want to give good gifts to you and then in Luke Luke says that that's the Holy Spirit so he pours out gifts through his Holy Spirit that are meant to be ministered through you and so these are good gifts, but the problem is the user is flawed. And so there gets to be a lot of user error. And so what happens is you need to grow through practice and through discernment and in community into that gift so that the gift that flowed to you will flow through you and the body will be benefited. All right. 
Pastor Marshall, would you continue to, to expand on that for us? That was a whole lot. <laughs> that was a whole lot, man. Yeah, that's and that's a beautiful drawing, Pastor Bobby. <laughs> well, well done. Well done. Amen. And so I think looking at this picture, it is about development, right? It is about development. And so when a child's learning to walk and they step out and they try and walk for the first time, how many know they don't run a marathon? They fall. Well, we don't turn to the child and say, okay, that's it. You're done. You're never going to walk again. We give them another chance. We let them learn. And what is happening? Their muscles are growing stronger. Their focus is getting better. They're getting a little bit more stable. The same thing is true when you're developing your gifts in the Lord. You're going to step out. You're going to fumble. It's okay. Be willing to fumble. Right? Be willing to make a mistake. Do something in faith instead of nothing in fear. Always be willing to step out. Always be willing. Trial and error. And be learned. Be willing to be prompted by the Lord. Be listening for his voice. Learn to be a conduit of his voice that he's speaking to you and you're willing to step out and take a chance. Learn to gather mentors around you. People who have, have stepped ahead of you and know how to do this. What, what does a baby do? He grabs mommy's hand and he learns because mommy already knows how to walk. So mommy's helping the baby walk and move ahead and learn and get stronger and get more confident. So learn to do that. Learn to Put these things around you so that you can begin to develop these gifts and really allow God to meet you. Develop it through prayer. Sit before the Lord and say, God, help me to grow in this. Help me to learn. Get resources around you that will help you do these things. And let me tell you, one of the key things that we don't emphasize when we talk about the gifts, and I have the, the privilege of preaching next week, and I'm going to really spend a nice portion of the sermon on that, is a way to develop how God moves in you is to develop your character you begin to clean out some junk so God can fill in where he wants to fill in. You know, all of us say we have no room in our house. I bet you if I show up, I will find plenty of closets that I can clean out and there'll be plenty of room for stuff. So we got a lot of stuff in us that needs to be moved out so that God can have more room and move in us to so holiness and righteousness. All these things help us develop a, a softness to God's voice and the ability to walk after his spirit. Wow, that is, that is so right. That's, that is awesome. Um, so we're going we're gonna to dive into the second question here. And it is, can you use your spiritual gifts outside of the church? Can you use your spiritual gifts outside of the church? Pastor Bobby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now um, so just to, just to kind of expand on this, to so think about this. If the Holy Spirit is sent to be the one who comes alongside, Jesus says, I'm going to pray to the Father and I'm going to send you what? The promise of God. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon, you're going to receive power. And what are you going to be? My witnesses in throughout Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so what is the Holy Spirit doing? He's producing the life of Jesus in you. And if we look at the example of Jesus, he's the most gifted person ever. Why? You look at the beginning of his ministry. After being tempted in the wilderness, he says he returned full of the power of the spirit and then he went out to minister and where did he minister he didn't just minister in the synagogue he went out into the communities into the highways and byways and ministered to people wherever they were because whatever the need was at the moment Jesus was full of the power of the Holy Spirit to meet that need and so the Holy Spirit will distribute whatever gift you need in the instance and then also the gifts are meant for the edification excuse me, for the edification of the body. And so that's the other thing, that you see that the gifts are poured out so that the body would be built up and would be just growing in the life and the grace and mercy of who Jesus is. Yeah. Very, very well said, Pastor Bobby. Um, so the, here's our next question. And this is a question that I think many of us have had at some point in our life. And uh, 
you might not have gotten a, an answer before. So, Pastor Chris, would you, would you start off on this? Uh, what does grieving the Holy Spirit mean? So we talked a little bit about this last Sunday, if you were here. Um, but grieving the Holy Spirit is a phrase that comes to us from Scripture, and it's a warning. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit or grieve not the Holy Spirit. Hold on. It's hard to hold this and have it on your lap and try to read it. So, um, so let's see. We'll do a little sword drill. Pastor Rod, can you get to Ephesians 4 for me quickly? So you get there while I'm talking. So grieving not the Holy Spirit is, um, is around us making sure that our life is in a place and our practice is in such a place that what we're operating in as we're ministering is not really offensive uh, to the heart of God. And so do you want to read to us 429 through 32? Yep. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. I'm going to miss that, I think, the most, Pastor Bobby. You're reading the word. I love it. Comes to life. So, so let's just unpackage some, in, in the first part there. It says in 29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is good for what? Edifying the body. Building up the body. That's the purpose of the gifts, to edify the body. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Because you were sealed. He's the one that sealed you. He's the one that fills you. And then get rid of bitterness and rage, all these things. The quickest way to give you the answer to this question of what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit is when we're not operating in the fruit of the Spirit. When we don't operate in love, joy, peace, patience. When there's an absence of those things and whenever we are doing all, everything we're doing without being rooted in the heart, in the character of Christ, which he says you can have all these gifts, you can have everything, but if you don't have love, what are you? Nothing. You're nothing. So when we see that absence there, secondly, what grieves the Holy Spirit is when we're doing the opposite of what he's desiring to do through us. When we're supposed to speak, when the Holy Spirit fills us, we speak and it builds up the body. But what does unwholesome talk do? It tears down the body. What does bitterness do? It creates pathways to tear down. So what grieves the Holy Spirit is when the opposite of what he's called and created us to do is happening. When we're using the mouth that's been set apart to speak life and to build up is being used to tear down. It, it brings pain to his heart because it's not what we were created and called to do, church. We were gifted for more than that. So that's what grieves the Spirit in, uh, in the Word when we see it. Wow, thank you. Um, so... As we, we dive into this next question, when we were talking before, Pastor Bobby had an, had an extremely profound answer to this. So, Pastor Bobby, I'll toss this one to you. Uh, can you have more than one spiritual gifting? Yes. <laughs> Very well said. Yes. Um, so, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul is outlining the spiritual gifts there, he's, he ends in verse 11, and he says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. And so if the Spirit, again, is producing the life of Jesus in you, and you are a member of the body of Christ, whatever the need that is present, he is going to distribute that gift to meet that need because his church is not, a, is not an ungifted church. It's a many-gifted church. And so if there's a need of a moment for exhortation, God, through his Spirit, can use you to bring exhortation. If there is a need for a prophetic word to come, forth, then he's going to do that. If there's a need for healing, whatever the need is, he's going to pour forth his spirit so that the needs of the body would be met and the church would be built up as they're called to be. 
Thank you so much, Pastor. Um, so this next question here is uh, a question I think we've all had at some point, um, and it's a, a fairly large one, so we're going to split this up into a few different pieces, but Pastor Marcia, I'm going to ask you to kick us off on this. The question is simply, what if I mess up? What if I mess up? And I think that if we can sum that up, this is the reason why people don't step out, mm. is because we're afraid we're going to mess up. And I'm going to help you. You're going to mess up. I'm going to help you. You're going to mess up. That, that's, that's, the, that's the nature of humanity. Remember, remember our drawing. We're developing. Right? So you're going to mess up. And the key when you mess up is something that we believe here in Leadership at Evangel is we live by a principle. We aim small. We miss small. Right? So you don't try and preach on a Sunday morning if you've never taught a class. The target is too big. You start smaller. You aim small. You miss small. And so that when you mess up, the damage is minimum. And you can control the damage and kind of fix it. And how do you control the damage? You apologize. You own it. Like you make any mistake. Hey, listen, I, I heard wrong. <laughs> I misunderstood. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still developing. You do those things. You own those mistakes. You learn not to move quickly, family. When you're learning to operate in the gifts, we get so excited sometimes because we think God is using us that we rush. I'll tell you a really quick funny story. Some, I was at a church when I was younger, and a man heard the Lord speak to me speak to him that he was called, I was called to the ministry. The man took a bottle of oil and poured the whole thing on my head. <laughs> the whole thing. I, was, I looked like Elvis Presley. I had oil everywhere. Why? Because he heard God. What he heard was God, but then he ran in his emotions, right? So you want to be slow. You want to be calculated. You want to be listening. You want to be very, very like reflective and making sure that God is leading you in the steps so that you don't overstep. You don't overshoot. Um, you want to put people around you that have walked before. What does the baby do? He grabs mommy's hand. You know, Pastor Paul and I teach the youth, please don't go to your peers for advice. They're on the same level you are. They're going to give you messed up advice. We don't want them to advise each other. We're like, please, teenagers don't advise each other. Find someone older. Find someone who's walked in front of you. Find someone who knows how to walk and knows how to run. So if you're operating in gifts and God is beginning to use you, find somebody that can help you and learn and grow and do those kind of things so that you're able to really learn the gifts properly. You know, Make sure that if you're learning anything, that you're using a lot of like learning language. Like if I'm giving, when I was first operating in the prophetic, I used a lot of cushion words. I say, hey, listen, I... I feel like God is saying to me, but I'm, you know, I, I kind of sense, I didn't walk in with, thus saith the Lord, God said, because why? Because I've lived in no room for error. That's right. I've left no room for operator mistake. As I've grown in the gifts, I know better. His voice has become sharper, it's become clearer. So as you begin to do that, you cushion those things. You, you learn to kind of feel it out, but you don't not do it. Yeah. You step out, you do it anyway. Yeah. Pastor Bobby, would you continue to build on this for us? Yeah, I think, I think if we go back to this, this kind of matrix that we drew here, or this example, if God is perfect, if the gift is good, and we are flawed, then what will happen is that we are a funnel, and then the funnel sometimes gets a little bit jammed up in the use of the gift, and it's not a perfect funnel. And, then, and, 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 and it kind of goes back to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, where he says, For we know in part, but we prophesy in part. 
Um, and so currently what will happen is you will have an inkling of a prophetic word or you'll begin to operate in, so, in some form of your gift, but you may overstep or kind of mess up in a certain way. And that's just because there's user error, but that's okay. You're going to grow into that gift and it's our job then to help to lead you and guide you and then mold you into, into how you're going to use that gift so you can become all that Jesus wants you to be in using those gifts. Thanks so much. Uh, Pastor Chris, would you continue? Yeah, I think um, this has all been been really great. And I think I, I want to lean into what Pastor Marsha said. I think it's important that in the, in the beginning, there could be a little bit of an intimidation factor. You can feel um, that there's some room for error. And some, there are going to be times that we miss it, that we get caught up in, whether it be emotion or whatever the case is. It's important to um, walk kind of humbly before the Lord as we do that, to not, uh, to go in saying, hey, I feel, I feel this, or I'm sensing uh, the Lord is saying this, as opposed to, this is definitely what God is doing, thus saith the Lord, God has said, and I think that leaves some room for us to grow and develop as we're doing it. I still find myself in this season, I'm uh, experiencing the Holy Spirit moving through me in a way that I is unfamiliar to me up until now. It started a few months ago. Some of you will remember I had a pain in my side and felt a prompt that someone needed to be prayed for that had this pain in that exact location. And right as I voiced it, I got up, I said, I think, here's what I felt, and this is what I sense the Lord is saying. And that person came right out of their seat, and we prayed for them, and they were healed that day. Praise God. They were restored in their body. So the Lord was using that, and it confirmed. And so it put me in a position that later, when I, when I had a similar prompting, I was able to call that out with a bit more confidence. But just this last Wednesday night, I was in that position again, and I'm stepping up. We had done a time of prayer for people that needed healing. And then as everyone went back to their seats, then I'm feeling a prompting. We have to pray for someone that their right knee is hurting. And, um, and so I'm like, hmm, we just prayed. Is that, is that, you, you know, does that make sense? Because we're all going back. But I thought, you know, I sense this is the Lord. I stepped out, but I did it in that same way. I sense this is what the Lord would have us to do. I believe there's someone in the right knee, there's pain. And, and I just mentioned it. And I said, if that's you, I want to pray right now. And even in the midst of my prayer, I, I sense the Lord having me to pray that this would even be something to show that the Lord has not forgotten about them. He knows what they're going through. He understands them and sees them where they are, something along those lines. And as I prayed out, we then ended the service. Someone walked up to me and said, I was the one. I had the right knee pain. They said, it was my right knee. And I said, praise God. They said, but it wasn't about my right knee. And they said, it was about other things. And I could just sense in the midst of that dialogue, that's what the Lord needed. He needed to show them in that moment he had not forgotten about what they're walking through. And we just spent time in prayer. So the Lord works through those things, but we have to walk humbly before him. Say, Lord, I'm sensing this is you. I'm stepping out. I'm following the prompting of your spirit. But Lord, I leave that in your hands, Lord God, to lead and guide. And even to correct me as our, our, our pastor's that we're all works in progress and we all want to walk humbly before God. You grow in confidence, your confidence in the Lord through your experiences over and over again. But we always stay humble, amen, in our hearts before him, even as we operate. It's him flowing through us and I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. Um, so following the prompt can be extremely intimidating. I mean, it can be scary sometimes to, to try to step out and, and follow what God is prompting. So in light of that, what are, what are some safe spaces to, to begin to, to practice our gifts, especially in our context here? What are some safe spaces? I think we, like when I say aim small, miss small, right? So you don't want to come on a Sunday morning and announce in front of everyone a prophetic word when you've never given a word before. You don't want to start being the coordinator for vacation Bible school and you've never taught a class. So aim small, miss small. So we have opportunities all over through 
our church where you can do that. We have teams that you can be a part of, and those teams give you what your jobs give you. They're called entry-level positions, right? So you walk into a Sunday school or a children's department, you don't walk in and teach right away. You walk in and you assist. And you begin to develop that gift and begin to be around teachers and get an opportunity to really develop that gift. So we have teams. We have Wednesday night prayer meeting. Wednesday night prayer meeting, family, I have to tell you, Pastor Chris, you know, we have seen somebody healed every Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Every Wednesday. We had a woman with scoliosis in her back, and we watched the Lord straighten her back right in front of her eyes. So we are seeing in, in our Wednesday night prayer meeting God creating this fireplace for his presence. And so that's a perfect opportunity. It's a smaller setting. There's enough accountability around so you can begin to develop that gift. We also have altar ministry. Altar ministry gives you an opportunity to develop those giftings, those prophetic giftings, those praying for the sick, all those other opportunities that you get a really good chance to really grow and develop your gifts. So look for these opportunities to step in. Small groups, great opportunity. You're in a smaller setting. You begin to develop your gift. Instead of trying to preach Sunday morning, you teach a small group. And you begin to develop that gift. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Amen. And what I, I noticed with these safe spaces that, that you've mentioned is these are places you have to step into. Absolutely. They don't, they don't chase you. You have to That's actually it. step out into them. That's so uh, the next question as we dive into this, um, and I know for, for me personally, I've wrestled with this a bit. It's what does it mean when it says uh, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets? Pastor Bobby, would you, would you enlighten us? I'll try. Um, (laughs) This is found in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Just let me me read it to you in context. He begins in verse 29. And let two or three prophets speak, and let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, let the first keep silent. For you can all learn, and you may all be exhorted. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And so what we're looking at here is that God has set up a way for things to be in order. And there are two ways that we could take this. Um, The first way is that you could take it that when the Spirit of God comes over you, you will be in complete control of the situation that you can stop because if a revelation is made uh, to another, then you're meant to sit and then keep quiet and then the other will stand and then judgment will be passed. So you will not be out of control when you are doing these things. You'll be in control and you'll be working uh, in tandem and in synergy with the Holy Spirit. The other way that one could take this verse talk, um, has to deal with that there's a community of prophets, and so when one prophesies, then another prophesies, and then another prophesies, what do they do? Then they pass judgment, and so the prophecies that come from the prophets then are what subject to the rule of the prophets so that they will pass judgment. This is why Paul talks about in chapter 12 that there is this distinguishings of spirits And what the purpose of this is, it's the gift of discernment or to make judgments on what is coming out of this. Is this this a demonic voice? Is this the voice of the Holy Spirit? Or is this just this person? He just, you know, he found something and he just wants to go ahead and riff on it. And then he's giving you a thus saith the Lord moment. And so it, it becomes this gift to judge and to discern what is going on in the moment, and to say, oh, we should step into this, and we should respond to what God is saying here, or we should draw back, and we should say, "Mm, no, we actually need to add a little correction here and seize the moment. Yeah, I think that that's important, and we we were going back through, and one of the things we recognized when we gave you the um, 
the definitions here on this card as we put just discernment there, but it's really distinguishing discerning of spirits and helping to understand that. And so I appreciated Pastor Bobby unpackaging that because um, we did have one kind of question as well that came around that of w- does it mean discernment or discerning of spirits in that? I think you hit that really well um, in, in that regard. Yeah. So we're, we're going to move on then to the next question, which is what is a healthy operation of our spiritual gifts in our services? I, over, over, I mean, just throughout the past couple of years, we've been seeing God move um, more and more just in our services in powerful ways. Uh, what, what does a healthy operation of spiritual gifts in our services look like? Uh, Pastor Bobby, I'll toss that one to you. As Brilliant. Um, so I, I think a great paradigm for what spiritual gifts should look like um, is, there, is the quality of those gifts. And I think 1 Corinthians 14.3, when he's talking about prophecy there, really becomes a paradigm, I think, for all gifts. Um, and he says in, in, in verse 3 there, um, he says, but the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. And edification means to build up a house. It's literally the word that means to build up. And so God wants to build up his body. He wants to build up his house. And so the spiritual gifts are there so that we would all be built up. And that's part of the proper use that they're building up. It's also for exhortation. And this is the word to come alongside and really to be a helper or to be an aid. And so the spiritual gifts are meant to come alongside to help and to aid the church. And this is why we have gifts like mercy and exhortation, because that's what they're doing. They're coming alongside um, the body, and then they're meant to build them up. And then there's this word consolation here, and this is interesting because it could either mean to admonish or to comfort. And so there's a sense of which the spiritual gifts can bring correction in a word of prophecy or maybe in a tongue and an interpretation um, or in a teaching by a teacher. These things can have these kind of corrective moments, but it can also have comforting moments where someone who is, again, given the gift of helps or given the gift of healing, it could come along and bring comfort in those moments to help the body of Christ. And also the gifts are meant to come alongside what God is already doing in the service. They're not meant to flip the service on its ear or to turn it sideways. I've been in services where the people are worshiping for two hours, weeping and crying out, and then you get a word saying, why aren't you worshiping me? And you're like, no, that's not the Lord. That, that's a sideway message. It's not, it's not in line with what God is doing and what he's feeling. And so that's all meant to come alongside and lead us in the direction that God wants to lead us in. And it's true, it's, it's very important to understand that the services and those things, they, the final authority on those things is the authority of the house. And so God has given authority to Pastor Chris and to the other pastor of the house to be the authority. We're the shepherds. So our heart is to guide and to protect and to make sure that what's happening is authentically God. And make sure, because our job is to keep you safe. And so that's where we come alongside and that's the authority of the house lives and dies with us. And so if we sense a disorder, it's appropriate to correct it. That's our job. Like it, don't like it, it's my job. <laughs> and so what, what has to happen from the house is a sense of receptiveness to that, to understand that our primary, one of our primary responsibilities is to protect the house and make sure that we're in line with what God wants to do in the house. So God is not a God of confusion, he's a God of order. And so, and even if, and you gotta catch this, even if we're wrong, it's on us. God will judge us. God will hold us accountable. But at the end of the day, we're, we want to make sure that God is flowing in this place richly and greatly. And so that, that's a key piece is that God is always going to do something with the gifts that is in order with the line of what he wants to do. 
I think that's really good. I, I, I liked how you said just uh, when you mentioned shepherds, it reminded me of a kind of a, another question I got from someone yesterday in an email um, that just talked about the idea of the definition of shepherd, shepherding ministry there and the idea of the love for sheep, love for the people. In anything like this, whenever we talk about order in the service, it's all out of love for the body. It's about love for the people of God um, out of that. And so there can be times where we have to maintain order that if we would were to be in a situation where something were to happen out of order with what's meant to be flowing in the service or if uh, something was off as it was being shared, uh, we'll do that, but we'll do that in love. That's our goal and our motivation. Um, but I know it can be intimidating and no one, uh, sometimes people be afraid that if I, if I miss it, I don't want to be kind of missing it in front of everyone. Uh, and that would cause them maybe not to want to step out. And I want to encourage you to hear and follow the prompting of God because we do want to create those safe places we talked about. But if you're in the midst of a Sunday morning, you're worshiping the Lord, you're sensing the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak through you, there's a, a message uh, perhaps uh, that, that you're sensing is he's put on you to speak out, uh, come up to one of us, come to the front, come share with me or one of our pastors, say this is what I sense the Lord is doing and saying, and let us come alongside of you to help you discern that, to distinguish what's going on, and uh, perhaps, I know that there have been two occasions where someone has walked up to me in the last year, and that's happened, and both times the Lord was speaking, and it was a powerful moment the Lord had for us as a body. So it can happen very organically in the midst of worship as we've seen where someone will speak out in tongues and when that is that's a message in tongues which is then needs to be followed by a message of an interpretation of that or just a message of prophecy that comes out that doesn't have tongues before it but is just someone that's speaking out under the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Um, again those things are meant to be done in order. They're meant to flow with what God's doing in the service and we want to give you an opportunity to flow in that. So, um, so again I just open that opportunity. If you're sensing something in the midst of a service and you're intimidated to step out, perhaps you're new to this, come and talk to us. We might uh, say, yes, we sense this, Lord, or it's not the right time, or we don't sense it is and don't feel offended through that. We, again, are, are doing that out of love and because of the, the authority that the Lord has given us, the responsibility, um, that, that falls to us. The Lord will hold us accountable uh, if we miss that or if, if we were on in the midst of that. So would you also pray for us? Would you pray that the Lord speaks Amen. clear to us and leads us through that? Um, so, as we first, can you can you help me to thank our pastors for just pouring out on us? Thank you guys so much. Um, as we wrap up this time, a few weeks ago, Pastor Chris, you you shared something that um, it just makes sense in terms of bringing this all together, and it was that we're empowered to go. Like we get, we we receive these gifts not simply to to put them on display or necessarily even just in services, but to go, to be on mission. So as we close, would you just, the final thought? Good, yeah, we'll do that, but let's do it while we stand, as we prepare to go, literally. Um, that's what this is all about, is about we are a gifted church, but the, what God wants to do here is never meant to stay here. He wants to send us, and he wants to equip us with everything we need to go and be who he's called us to be. And so that's the purpose of these gifts, that the love of God that flowed to you must flow through you. The fruit of the Spirit remain rooted in Christ, but then the gifts that flowed to you must flow through you. And so my prayer is that God would just use you to step out, that these gifts will build one another up, that as you encourage each other, as you use them to serve the body of Christ here and in smaller group environments, but also that they will reveal Jesus to the world. When people see a gifted church, they shouldn't just see a group of people where they think, oh, that's weird, they're talking this, they're doing that. No, they should see and say, surely God is in their midst. 
that when they recognize an authentic move of God or the Spirit of God, the gifts flowing as they should be, it reveals Jesus to the world. And so this is our goal and this is our heart. And so I just want to pray that the Lord would allow us to do that and that we would just be on mission with him, equipped with every good gift that he has for us. So just lift your hands around this room if that's your heart, that's your desire. Lord Jesus, I pray right now you would just, Lord God, would you distribute, Lord God. You're the one that as we pray, Lord, you said you would send us the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you among us. We pray now that your gifts would just be distributed, that there would be nothing Nothing standing in the way of your people walking in the fullness of what you have for them. So we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our hearts. We just welcome him to come and have his way, to come and lead you, to guide you, to give you whatever it is that he has for you and to use it through your life. Lord, I pray you'd prepare us in every way. Lord, I look forward. We look forward to what you'd have for us next week. Lord God, help us even this week. Soften our hearts. Show us the areas that it might even be getting in the way of how you want to move through us. Lord God, so we ask you that. Lord God, we want to become everything you have for us to be. And I just pray your blessing over your people today as we go in your power and in the strength of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you thank our pastors again? What a great time. We appreciate each of you. And, uh, if you need prayer today, you can come forward. We'd love to have some of our leaders, our pastors. If any of our prayer team is available, you can come forward and pray with people. Uh, as you're going today, you're free to go. If you're new, you've been coming three to six months or less to Evangel. New to you is happening right now. So stop over in our overflow. Get a bite to eat with us. We want to share with you more about our church. Uh, but God bless you as you go. And again, feel free to come forward if you need prayer.